0: Hello you guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are new here and have never heard a Killer Instinct episode before, my name is Savannah and I am your host and if you are not new here, welcome back. I appreciate you coming back. Before we get started, I would just like to ask you guys to go ahead and subscribe to Killer Instinct if you haven't already. We post weekly here every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss miss it. Also, if you have a moment, I would love if you could go ahead and review the podcast as well. I love looking at your guys' suggestions as to how I can improve this podcast for your enjoyment. So if you have a moment, I would really appreciate that too. So as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the unsolved disappearance of 49-year-old Suzanne Morphew. Before we get into it, I do want to go ahead and talk about a theory from last week's case. If you were unfamiliar, last week we covered the case of Serenity Dennard, and if you haven't listened to that episode, you can pause this and go back and listen to it, or you can skip ahead, listen to this episode, and then go back and finish the one from last week as well. Now, there were two theories in Serenity's case that were the common theme in the YouTube video that I posted as well as in my email, podcast at gmail.com. As you guys know, if you are not new here, but if you are, I have a podcast email where you guys can send in your theories, thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, requests, all of those good things. And the two main theories were that the first was the question of were there any computers in the children's home because if there were computers, a lot of you thought it was possible that Serenity could have gotten in contact with someone from outside of the home, whether that was a predator or someone pretending to be Serenity's age or someone telling her that they could pick her up and bring her back to her family. And what I found very interesting about this theory in particular is I shared this case with my family and my dad actually had the exact same. Theory. He said the exact same thing. So it was very interesting to see you guys also pick up on that and also bring that into question. And the second common theory that I saw a lot was uh, the question of was someone inside of the children's home? Grooming serenity. Was someone, you know, coercing her and convincing her that if she ran away, they could take her back to her family? Or was someone telling her if she ran away, they could take her elsewhere wherever she wanted to go and then in turn waited for her to run away and then picked her up and took her elsewhere? Now, The authorities did say that they questioned all of the employees at the children's home. However, it is possible that there was one that just slipped through the cracks. And, you know, I think it's interesting because a lot of you, it was very 50-50. It was very half of you thought maybe she just succumbed to weather conditions. And a lot of you thought that this was way more than that. And that foul play was very much involved. So it was really interesting to hear your guys' theories. Thank you so much for sending them in. And I really encourage you to keep doing doing that. That way we can continue to discuss the cases after the episode has already aired. So let's move on to today's case. Like I said, we are talking about the unsolved disappearance of 49-year-old Suzanne Morphew. Suzanne went missing on May 10th of this year, 2020, in Maysville, Colorado. I chose this case this week because new developments are coming out from this case every single day, and I think it's important to continue to spread the word about Suzanne's disappearance while the investigation is still happening. According to the county sheriff, John Spezzi, he said, quote, "...this case remains very active, as more than a dozen investigators are aggressively working this case on a daily basis," end quote. As of right now, there is currently a $200,000 reward being offered for any information leading to Suzanne's safe return. So let's not waste any more time, and let's just jump right on into it today. Suzanne Morphew is a 49-year-old woman. She is a wife to her husband, Barry, and a mother to her two daughters, Macy and Mallory. Suzanne originally grew up in Alexandria, Indiana, and then moved to Colorado a few years ago. Suzanne has an older brother, and when describing his sister, he said, quote, "...when Suzanne walked into a room, she would light it up. She was just a really kind person. Everybody loved her." I don't think you'll find a soul that says they didn't love my sister, end quote. So the family lived in Maysville, Colorado, and seemed like they were living an extremely idyllic life as they always do. Barry worked as a landscaper and they lived in a beautiful home and they went on lots of family vacations. They have lots of pictures where they just seem like a very happy, happy family. A family friend describes their family dynamic as, quote, that family structure where the husband loves being the provider and the wife loves being the homemaker. They fit that to a T, end quote. So let's talk about what was going on leading up to Suzanne's disappearance. Now it was Mother's Day weekend and Suzanne's daughters went on a camping trip out of state, so for the first part of the weekend it was only Barry and Suzanne at their house. Now on May 10th, 2020, Barry had to go on a work trip in Denver, which is about a two and a half hour drive from where they lived in Maysville. On May 9th, so just the day prior between the hours of 2 p.m. and 9 p.m., Suzanne communicated with her best friend on social media. The two of them were talking about an upcoming weekend they were planning on going to together. However, at some point in the conversation, communication completely cut off from Suzanne's side. So her friend had messaged her at some point and Suzanne just never responded back. There still was some activity on her profile going on after this, But there have been questions by her family who have wondered if it was actually Suzanne writing on her profile because some of the things that she was saying seemed out of character for her. Now, there hasn't been any release of Suzanne's profile activity or the conversations that she was having with her friend that could show why her family and friends believe that. So that's really all we have to go off of right now. So now let's move on to the next day, which is May 10th, 2020. Now, according to Barry, he left their home at about 5 a.m. to make the drive to Denver. And he said when he woke up, Suzanne was still sleeping and he didn't want to wake her up because he wanted to let her sleep in. It was Mother's Day. Barry said that he texted Suzanne a couple hours later, wishing her a happy Mother's Day. However, this text went completely unanswered. Now, sometime during the day on May 10th, Suzanne had gone for a bike ride by herself. Now, according to Barry, he said that this was not unusual for Suzanne. He called her an avid biker and said that she went on a bike ride every single day almost. She would bike around the neighborhood and sometimes she would even bike trails. So this was something that Suzanne did often. It was something she was familiar with and it was something that she was good at. However, on May 10th, 2020, something unexpected happened. Suzanne went out on a bike ride that day, however, she never returned home. Suzanne's daughters were actually the ones to first raise concern after they weren't able to get a hold of their mom that day. Remember, like I said, they were out of town on a camping trip, but they were trying to get a hold of Suzanne to wish her a happy Mother's Day, so they actually ended up calling Barry and telling him that they couldn't get a hold of their mom. Now, once Barry got this phone call, he then called a neighbor of theirs and asked this neighbor to go over to their house and check on Suzanne. Now, once the neighbor went over, she ended up calling Barry back and told him that she realized something was a little strange. According to Barry, he said, quote, she, being the neighbor, said, Barry, Suzanne is not at the house her car is here, but her bike is missing, to which Barry replied, that doesn't sound good because she is not answering me either. I'm coming home right now. And that was at 5 p.m. Sunday evening, end quote. It was unlike Suzanne to not answer her phone after being contacted by so many people, and it was also unlike her to go on this long of a bike ride. So when Barry gets the phone call from his neighbor, he said he quote, Rushed home, left all my tools at the hotel, called my workers and said, I've got a family emergency. You are going to have to figure this one out on your own. End quote. Like I said, Barry was in Denver at this time, working on a landscaping project, and we're gonna get into all of those details in just a second. Now, the neighbor that went to the house to check on Suzanne was actually the one who ended up filing the missing persons report. According to the press release, at 5.46 p.m. on May 10th, the neighbor called 911 to report Suzanne missing, saying that she had gone on a bike ride, but never made it home. Once authorities got the call, the search began immediately. They searched all through the Maysville area, they brought in search dogs right away, and brought in the search and rescue team. The search began on the early evening hours of May 10th, went all through the night and into the early morning hours of May 11th. However, Suzanne was still nowhere to be found. Now, even though they didn't find Suzanne, they did find a big piece of evidence her bike. Suzanne's bike was found not far from her home, and I haven't been able to find the exact distance. However, online there is a 3D map of where the home is and where the bike was found. Suzanne's bike was found off the side of the road, and according to the map, there appears to be an off-road right off of the Highway 50, and that's where the bike was discovered. The specific area is west of County Road 225 and Highway 50, right outside of Maysville. That's the area that was specifically targeted by investigators after they located the bike. Now, along with the bike, there was also a personal item found on the opposite side of the road. Again, also not far from the family home. Authorities have not disclosed what this personal item is to the public, and they have just continued to refer to it as Suzanne's personal item. So the search was then resumed again on May 11th, and this time, the sheriff enlisted the Chaffee County TAC team, which if you are unaware, a TAC team is a unit composed of carefully selective individuals who are trained in legal, tactical, and psychological aspects of their missions. So they're a pretty big deal. So the fact that they were called into this investigation so early on is very telling. They had helicopters flying over the area and they also set up a dedicated tip line for anyone who had information about Suzanne. By May 17th, divers had searched bodies of water in the area, however, came up empty-handed in that as well. Authorities also asked neighbors to look through any surveillance video that they had from their ring doorbells or security cameras from the dates of May 8th. Through May 12. So right off the bat, authorities pretty much knew that there was no way that Suzanne just voluntarily left on her own free will. Suzanne absolutely adored her family. She loved being a mother. It was her greatest pride and joy, and there was just no way that she was going to up and leave them out of the blue. So because of this, authorities started looking at the case with an idea that foul play could have definitely been involved, and they started looking at potential suspects. Now, obviously, when anyone goes missing, the first thing you do is look at the people closest to the victim. We have seen this time and time again in cases from the past. Now, in this case, the closest person to Suzanne and also the spouse, which is also who you usually look at, is Barry. Now, Barry has gone under a lot of scrutiny since Suzanne's disappearance, and I'm really interested to hear your guys' take on all of it. So like I mentioned, Suzanne and Barry were alone together on the weekend of the 10th, however on the day of the 10th, which was Mother's Day and the day that Suzanne went missing, Barry said he got up, saw Suzanne sleeping beside him, then got in his car and headed to Denver to work on a landscaping project. Now, Barry wasn't the only one working on this project, he had also hired two other employees to help him on this specific project. These two employees are named Morgan Gentile and Jeffrey Puckett. Jeffrey does have a previous record, he was in prison for about 9 years and I was unable to find what he was charged with, however, according to Barry, he said that he hired Jeff to help him on the Denver project and that he, quote, gave him a job and an opportunity, end quote. According to Barry, he said that this specific Denver project was in the works for about a month. However, according to Morgan Gentile, the woman working on the project with Barry and Jeffrey, this project was not as clear-cut as Barry made it out to be. Now, according to Morgan, and this is where, just by the way, a lot of he said, she said gets involved. A lot of pointing fingers and a lot of conflicting information. So just keep that in mind as we continue. So according to Morgan, she said that this project was originally supposed to be done at the end of April. However, this changed when Barry pushed and delayed the project back to May 1st and then changed it again to the weekend of May 10th. Now, according to Morgan, she said that Barry's behavior that entire weekend of the 10th seemed strange. Barry had worked on a beach site on Friday, May 8th, and then the next day on Saturday, Morgan said that Barry had asked her to clean up the site because they were planning on leveling it out to put beach sand there. On Saturday, Morgan said that she went to the site with Barry, and in her words, she said, quote, He was acting really weird about the beach area. I was like, Barry, what's up? He seemed stressed. He definitely seemed weird on Saturday. Morgan also said that on Saturday, she was expecting to work all day at the beach site with Barry because that's what she was told was going to happen. However, unexpectedly, she was released from the job at about 11 a.m. Morgan said, quote, he said that he had to go make the wife happy, do some hiking or biking, end quote. However, after leaving the job, Morgan said that she found out later that Barry was actually not spending time with his wife, but that he was actually in town shopping by himself that day. Now remember, it was Mother's Day the next day, so is it possible that Barry went out to try and buy Mother's Day gifts for Suzanne since his girls were out of town? Yes, that's all, that's possible. It, that could have happened, but you guys can let me know what you think about that. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Apartments.com's com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you apartments.com the place to find a place all right you guys welcome back now before we get into the denver project and what happened there there also was another employee who was hired to work the denver project and her name is cassidy cordova Now, since Suzanne's disappearance, Cassidy has declined all interview requests, and she refuses to speak publicly about Suzanne's disappearance or anything that she may know about Barry. However, there is a record of a text message that she sent. Not sure who the text was to, but the text was sent in regards to her not speaking out and giving her side of the story. Cassidy said, quote, The rumors are so blasphemous that it's laughable at this point. Like, you really believe all of this stuff that people are saying? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Let my silence be taken the wrong way then. Well, anyone that should know better than to believe something that someone else said about someone else. There might be a reason I don't want to talk publicly, there might not be. I'll leave that for you and whoever else wants to ponder that thought end quote. Now, that text is kind of confusing, the part where she says, well, anyone that should know better than to believe something that someone else said about someone else, that part is kind of confusing, but I think you guys understand as well as I do what she's trying to say in that, which is basically just not to believe what other people are saying about someone else, but... This text has a very angry and harsh undertone to it. It sounds very aggressive and she just plain and simple sounds angry. I'm really interested to see what you guys have to think about that. Now, when it comes to Sunday, May 10th, Morgan said that everything happened very quickly and last minute when it comes to the Denver project. She said, quote, Last minute, he changed everything. In fact, he called me that Sunday, Mother's Day, and was really frantic. He didn't sound like himself. I hung up the phone and thought, wow, he just had the worst night of his life, end quote. And the he that she is referring to is Barry. Regardless of how she perceived Barry's behavior, she said that she agreed to pick up Jeff Puckett and head up to Denver to start the project. However, on their way up there, Morgan got another call from Barry at about 6.10 p.m. Morgan said that Barry was explaining to them how he had been up in Denver all day preparing everything that they would need for this project and getting the job ready for them. This is when he told Morgan and Jeff that he actually had to leave because there was a family emergency and he needed to get home. But he left some of his tools behind at the hotel that they were working at. Now, at this point, Barry did not disclose to them what this family emergency was, which, as we know now, it was the fact that Suzanne was missing. However, when Morgan and Jeff arrived at the hotel, which was the Holiday Inn Express in Broomfield, Jeff and Morgan. Morgan said that when they walked into the room that Barry had been staying in, according to both of them, when they walked into the room, the room reeked of the smell of chlorine. Morgan said, quote, we opened the door, and I mean, like, the chlorine hit you and my eyes started watering and burning. Towels were super wet on the floor, and it looked like he had made the bed before he left, end quote. When asked in an interview about the chlorine smell, Jeff Puckett said, quote, I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It did. It smelled real strong, end quote. Jeff also said that it looked like the room had been used and that the bed had been laid in but not slept in. Jeff said, quote, maybe he got in the room, took a shower, and that was it. Just washed up and left, end quote. Now, the next morning, Jeff also said that he found a letter and this letter was in the trash can inside of the hotel room and it was addressed to Barry. Now, according to Jeff, this letter involved property insurance jeff said quote when i found the mail the next morning it just looked like an alibi just the way things was end quote the next day on may 11th both jeff and morgan got a phone call from barry who said that suzanne got attacked by a mountain lion and that they were going up into the mountains to try and find her Now, because they didn't have the tools to fix the retaining wall, they ultimately had to end up coming home. Morgan and Jeff didn't have the proper tools needed to fix the project that they were hired to do, so they ended up coming home. And once they returned home is when Jeff said that he turned the paperwork on property insurance that he found in the trash can addressed to Barry over to the authorities. Now, I want to talk about Morgan for a minute. There have been a lot. A lot of accusations thrown Morgan's way as to whether or not her and Barry were involved in some sort of affair. She said that her coming forward and being so open has completely destroyed her family and torn her life apart which honestly I'm way less concerned about Morgan's life and how this has affected her than I am with Suzanne's daughters and how their life has been affected by this. However, Morgan said that she has also been heavily affected by this as well. Both Morgan and Barry have denied all allegations and accusations that they were having an affair. And along with that, Barry actually fired Morgan from working for him. Morgan and Barry have two very different reasonings as to why Morgan was fired. According to Morgan, she said that the reason that she was fired was because she handed her phone over to the authorities when they asked for it and because she has been cooperating with the authorities, which in turn, in Morgan's mind, made Barry mad enough to fire her. Her exact quote is, quote, "'He fired me because I gave up my phone. "'I wasn't staying quiet, and I was complying with CBI. "'I feel like if he was innocent, "'he would have talked to me. "'I work with him every day for a long time,' end quote." Now, according to Barry, he has a very, very different reasoning for what happened. Barry said, quote, She's a meth head. She's mad at me because I fired her and don't let her work for me anymore. She's mad, so they're not going to say anything good about me, end quote. Now, even though that's his statement, it still doesn't really answer why Morgan was fired. Personally, in my opinion, I do not believe that there was any affair or romantic involvement between Morgan and Barry. However, honestly, my eyebrows are raised more at Cassidy Cordova, who sent the aggressive text message saying, quote, there might be a reason I don't want to talk publicly, there might not be, end quote. To me, that sounds very condescending and very almost like making light of the situation, like I have information that you don't in a way. To me, that was way more questionable than anything that Morgan has said. Now, I want to talk about the chlorine smell for a second. According to Barry, he said that he did not go into the pool at the hotel and that he did not go out and get chlorine. the hotel manager has come forward and said that the pool wasn't even open at this time due to COVID restrictions. Now, when Barry was asked why the room would smell like chlorine, he said, quote, I'm sure that they wash the rooms with that for COVID. I don't know, but I smelled it too when I was in there, end quote. The hotel manager also said that the hotel uses peroxide multipurpose cleaner for cleaning the rooms, so that's not chlorine. So there really isn't any reasonable explanation as to why the room smelled so badly of chlorine. Now, the hotel hasn't been the only place where there have been complaints and concerns over a strong smell. According to Suzanne's older brother, Andrew, he's Said that authorities had told him after searching through Suzanne's home that there was an overwhelming smell of bleach in the house. Andrew also said that the authorities brought up the concern of the fact that they didn't find any coolers in the house. Now, you may be kind of confused as to why they were looking for those in the first place or why that really even sparked their interest at all. However, coolers, which by the way meaning the things that you put ice in to keep things cold, The reason authorities found this to be so strange is because Barry is a hunter. He likes to go out and hunt, and he likes to go camping. He's an outdoors kind of guy. So authorities assumed that he would be the type of person to at least have one or two coolers in the house, if not several. However, they were unable to find any, which really sparked their interest. Now, as far as the search for Suzanne goes, authorities have searched countless areas for her. They searched Highway 50 and they actually closed down the highway for a little bit in order to conduct an accurate search. By May 15th, nearly 90 searchers had searched a 2.5 mile area and on May 16th was when the FBI was brought in. So the FBI is working this case as well and like I mentioned earlier, authorities used helicopters, canine dog teams, and still there has been absolutely no sign of Suzanne. So now let's talk about theories. So let's just bite the bullet and talk about the theory that I'm sure a lot of you are thinking of right now, and that is that Barry had something to do with Suzanne's disappearance. Now again, everyone who knew this family said that Barry and Suzanne had a very good relationship. They seemed like the idyllic couple. However, as we have seen here time and time again, what's portrayed on the outside is almost always not what's happening on the inside behind closed doors. Now is it possible that Barry is just being scrutinized and nitpicked and that he had nothing to do with this and is just being put under a microscope because he is Suzanne's husband? Yes, that's possible. Innocent until proven guilty. But we also have to look at the fact that statistics show that more often than not, when someone goes missing, especially a spouse, it is very possible it was someone who knew them or who was closest to them. People have compared Barry to Chris Watts saying that he has little to no emotion And people are also assuming that he knows something and while that may be true and that is yet to be proven we can also never know how someone is going to react in a situation like this now as far as motive goes it could have been a couple of things if we're looking at it from the standpoint of barry being responsible now i go back to that property insurance letter that jeff puckett found in the trash can of the hotel room was barry trying to get life insurance money from suzanne I just think it's a very weird coincidence that in a hotel room the day before your wife goes missing, you throw away a property insurance mail that is sent to you. Maybe there was a fight that escalated out of control. Maybe Suzanne found out that Barry was having an affair, whether that was with Cassidy or Morgan or another woman completely different and that we still haven't been made aware of yet. Barry and Suzanne were together that weekend. Suzanne's daughters were not there that weekend. It was just Barry and Suzanne, which, you know, that also leads to the question of what happened that weekend? What did they do that weekend? Why was Barry acting weird on Saturday? If he was, that's what Morgan said, but maybe he wasn't. There's just a lot of questions. Now, I feel for Barry's daughters desperately. It's hard to sit up here and talk about the reasons or motives that a husband would have for killing his wife and ruining their family. And I'm not sitting here saying these things because I hope that that's the case, but it's so important to not leave any stone left unturned here, as we always say. And as far as Barry goes, he has said, quote, I am innocent, 100% innocent. The social media and news media have made it seem like I'm a bad guy. I love my wife. I would never hurt my wife. She's the light of me and my daughter's lives. This whole thing is killing us and that's why we need our privacy, end quote. Now, as far as what Barry believes happened to Suzanne, Barry said from the beginning that he believes that it's possible that a mountain lion attacked Suzanne. He even went as far as telling Morgan and Jeff on Monday morning, just a day after she went missing, that she got attacked by a mountain lion, which is also very strange because how do you know that she got attacked by a mountain lion? Because at that point, and still up to this point, there was never any evidence to prove that according to Barry, authorities reported seeing mountain lions in the area the day before Suzanne went missing. Now to give you some numbers, there have been 20 to 27 deaths by mountain lions in the last 125 years in the United States and Canada combined. So this is not something that happens a lot. Mountain lion deaths do not happen a lot. And mountain lion experts have said that even in the most extreme circumstances, mountain lions would not drag their prey very far, which if that's the case, it would be very unlikely for any trace of Suzanne to not be found yet. Now I know they found her bike and a personal item, which is believed to be a helmet. However, you would think that there would be a trace of clothing or drag marks or blood, but there wasn't. The next theory is that Suzanne was abducted by a stranger after crashing her bike or being forced off the road on her bike. This theory is based off of the fact that Suzanne's bike was discovered at the bottom of a hill. Some people believe someone could have driven her off the road and then abducted her. However, there is also a theory that she could have gotten swept into a river and gotten pulled downstream. However, when I looked at the map, this is my only question with this theory, where Suzanne's bike was found, there doesn't seem to be a body of water that close by. I may be reading this map wrong. That could be very possible. However, I could not find one when looking. Now, as far as what is happening now and the efforts now in place to find Suzanne, Andrew, Suzanne's older brother, is leading an independent search on September 24th. So, Just in, I think, tomorrow. When you guys are hearing this on Wednesday, it'll be tomorrow. And that will continue for several days. Andrew will be leading several hundred volunteer searchers. And like I said in the beginning, there is currently a $200,000 reward for anyone who could lead to Suzanne's safe return with no questions asked. I have not read anything about Barry's involvement in the investigation. That was also a question I had. I haven't read anything about him being really active in the investigation um, as far. as as the searches go, there's been nothing that is said that he has been a part of those. But again, you never know how someone is going to act in a situation like this. And again, I cannot imagine how Suzanne's daughters are feeling throughout all of this and my heart completely goes out to them. So that really is the case, you guys. I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. Do you think Barry is involved? Do you think there was foul play involved? Do you think this was a freak accident? Did an animal get her? What do you think happened? And please continue to share these podcast episodes, especially because the search for Suzanne is active right now. People are still out there looking for her. So definitely share this episode, share Suzanne's name out there and keep talking about this case. That way we can get as much traction on it as possible. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Again, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and review it if you can. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, you guys, stay safe.